Peacekeepers, and welcome back to Surviving R. Kelly Part 2, where we will discuss episodes 4 through 6, I think, or 4 through 7. I'm not sure. This one's just gonna be just as long as the other one, so grab a snack, grab yourself and your popcorn and your seatbelt, because this one is probably going to make you furious that you're gonna want to throw your listening device out the window and let it get hit by a truck with 16 wheels. So, episode 4 is The People versus R. Kelly, and even though this man was on trial for having sex with an underage girl, he still had fans. Okay, calm down, Ted Bundy, because that's definitely what it reminded me of. June 5th, 2002, he pleads not guilty. He posts bail and is released. After he is released, he goes straight to a church and people were backing him up. He was allowed to travel and he continued on tours and making music. An anonymous ex-employee stated that even after the tape and during the trial, he still had the, that same 14-year-old 14 14 girl that was on the tape around him. Her parents still allowed her to be around him. Hey, I can't even fucking believe that shit. I just, ugh, it makes me so mad. On January 23rd, 2003, he was arrested on, on additional porn charges. And in 2002, his home, oh, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> and in 2002, at his home in Florida, police found photos of R. Kelly having sex with another underage girl. March 17, 2004, the judge stated that the police didn't have appropriate reason to search his home, so the evidence was tossed out and the case was dropped. Yep. I... <sighs> Why is everybody protecting this man? I cannot believe it. While this was going on, R. Kelly dropped ignition. Of course, everybody knows ignition. Hot and fresh out the kitchen. Uh, then he dropped Chocolate Factory and Step in the Name of Love, and yet people kept supporting him despite all of this damn proof. At this point, Andrea was exhausted. She was so mentally exhausted that she climbed on the edge of the balcony and was ready to jump. When she called the National Domestic Violence Awareness Hotline, she states there were only two out of the 17 questions asked by the hotline that Kelly hadn't done to her. So this finally convinced her to take her three kids and $2,500 and she left. And then we are brought back to fucking Wendy Williams saying, you get sucked into the industry. And she says, because she talks funny, she says, at what cost? At what cost do you get <laughs> do you get sucked into the industry? I fucking hate her. I hate her so bad. Oh my god. And for everybody thinking that I'm being mean to Wendy, if you support her, then go away too. She is so... Ugh. Always, she's always degrading people. She's always making fun of people who have disabilities. And no. Cancel her. Bye. 
at what cost? Then we talk about Dave Chappelle when he was like pretending to throw the urine on the peop- on the girls in that one video and even the episode of the boondocks where it talks about r kelly and the underage girls and the whole trial thing while this is all happening r kelly's pornography trial has been delayed for years literally for years then finally on may 20th 2008 after six years of waiting they waited six years to give this man a trial (sighs) can you believe that Six fucking years for this man to just roam around and be free after there's so much fucking proof right in these goddamn people's faces. They tried to claim that it was R. Kelly's brother, Carrie, on the tape. Carrie then goes onto the Wendy Williams show to defend his character. R. Kelly tried to pay his brother to be silent for $100,000. And of course, he denied because he's not a piece of shit. But his older brother, his older brother, not brother, literally said... The one who's in prison said, you could have been rich. What the fuck? But yeah, he also could have been in jail like you, dumb hoe. <sighs> this makes me so angry. <laughs> makes me so mad, you guys. I cannot believe that all of this bullshit happened and nobody did a single fucking thing. We are then introduced to Geronda Ger- Pace. And she met R. Kelly at 14. She was a freshman in high school and she would skip school to go to his trial. She would have conversations with him and she claims to have been a super fan. And this case gives me so many Ian Watkins flashbacks. I just cannot believe how many more of these fuckers that we have to deal with. Ian Watkins, Onision, Davi Vanity, like taking advantage of their fans and being interested in underage women or girls, I should say, because they're underage. But... It's just disgusting. These men are vile and disgusting human beings. Sparkle was offered six figures to keep quiet as well, and she denied and stood up for her family. During the court, they were made to watch the tape. The jury had to watch this sex tape, and they still did not convict him. Sparkle's oldest brother on the stand, He took the stand and said it was not his niece on the tape. And Sparkle could not figure out why the hell he would do something like this. She was so angry that she did not talk to her family for 10 years. The verdict was not guilty. And this piece of shit was allowed to walk free. And the documentarian people were able to get one of the original jurors in for an interview. And he said, quote, I just didn't like the women because the way they dressed, the way they acted. And he just disregarded everything they had to say. But, okay, disregard what they say, whatever. But you still saw a 14-year-old girl getting fucking peed on by fucking R. Kelly. And... You're going to disregard that? Fucking, I know I've said the F word so many times, but this makes me so mad. BET did the famous interview after the trial with the whole, you like, do you like teenage girls things? So I don't understand why they put that in the beginning of the documentary and also as as well as in this one, but they got another groundbreaking interview 
After the trial, his wife got a divorce, and the judge did not allow him to have con- contact with his children. And since the divorce was finalized in 2009, there had been multiple occasions where R. Kelly had stopped paying child support just to be spiteful because Andrea had left him. One year after the trial, Geronda was invited to a party by R. Kelly's friend, and Kelly called her later that day and thanked her for her support at his trial. She told him she was 19 when in fact she had just turned 16. He told Geronda that when he was younger, he was abused by an older guy in his neighborhood and a female that used to watch him when he was younger. She could relate to this because she was molested multiple times when she was younger. He asked her to undress for him shortly after, and things escalated. When she said she was a virgin, he told her that's perfect, that means I get to train you and take your virginity. This girl is 16 years old, remember, and she showed him her ID, and all he had to say was, say that you're 19, but act 21. He took her virginity and began to control her and then started giving her rules to follow. An example of this was they were watching a game and he said that he liked the Bulls. And when Geronda said that she liked the Cavalier, he slapped her and said, Okay, I guess you're not eating. The longest she went without eating was three days. We then meet Dominique Gardner who met R. Kelly at age 17, and she was introduced to him by Geronda. Her mother was told by a friend that Dominique was seeing R. Kelly, so she called the police, and on June 14, 2009, the police went to R. Kelly's home, but Dominique was 17, and that was the legal age of consent in Illinois, and nothing was done. So I lied. You don't meet Dominique. You meet her mom. I think her mom's name is Michelle. And... Yeah, but we never see, we see her maybe like once in the documentary, but most of the time it's her mom talking about the situation and how she has yet to be able to see her. Episode 5 is called All the Missing Girls and it opens with 2008 In 2008, R. Kelly was acquitted of 14 charges of child pornography, and yet he still continued to become even more famous than he already was. Chicago 2016, Dominique's mother hasn't seen her in a year. And at 22, 21-22, R. Kelly asked her to move to Atlanta. Geronda and Dominique started seeing R. Kelly in 2009. So, from... 2016 to 2009, that's a lot of sauce. So the breaking point for Geronda was when R. Kelly slapped her and choked her until she had blocked at, blacked out. She kept a diary of abuse in which she turned in to the Illinois Bureau of Investigation. And because Dominique was very tomboyish, Kelly made her shave her head and carry herself like a boy. We are then introduced to Tim and Tim and Jalen Savage, who haven't seen their daughter in almost two years. Her name's Joycelyn, and she denied any wrongdoings on R. Kelly and states that she just doesn't want to come home or have contact with her family. Joycelyn met R. Kelly at 19, and he became her mentor, her mentor during her freshman year of college, late fall of 2016. 
Her father was going to register her for the next semester, and one of her roommates said she hadn't been in the dorm for a few days. She then told her parents that she was with R. Kelly. Then, we are skipped to a video of Jocelyn on TMZ saying that she was not being held captive. Reports started coming in that R. Kelly was keeping this, these women hostage in cult-like cult situations. And people were actually listening. Shows were getting canceled and people were finally listening. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. May 11th, 2018, 12 p.m. in Beverly Hills, Dominique's mom was taken by documentary producers to find her daughter. At 12.30, Michelle goes into a hotel and she believed that Dominique was staying at this hotel. So, ooh, look at me. I'm fucking breathing fire over here in my bed. <laughs> so, around 1 p.m., Michelle is taken upstairs to the hotel room to see Dominique. And it's just so sad because she's begging her to come home and they're both crying. And it's the saddest thing on the planet because her mom just wants her to come back home. So... She runs to the elevator, her mom's crying in the elevator, and she told her mom to come back at 6 o'clock. Her mom then goes back to the hotel and tells the manager, like, Dominique is my daughter, blah, 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 and I'm going to be back at 6 o'clock. So she goes back at 6, and the hotel guy tells her, like, hey, 911 was called, Dominique claimed you are not her mother, I have, I'm required to file a re police report and you can't come back in here. So he tells her that she will be arrested for trespassing if she does not leave. She then calls Dominique and Dominique says that she wasn't the one who called. She then hangs up on her mom and Michelle goes back into the hotel and waits for her in the bathroom. And Dominique runs out with a duffel bag and they both just run and get in the car and they escape and they leave. And honestly, I was like, trying not to cry. I was like, you go, Glen Coco. We then meet Kitty Jones, a ex-radio DJ who meets R. Kelly at age 33. So that's a little different. She moved to Chicago to be with Kelly. When visiting a friend in Chicago, they asked Kitty if she ever watched his sex tape. Of course, Kitty was offended, but then she Googled it. She stated that he had introduced her to the girl in the video, and she didn't know how to feel. So she called him and told him, and his reaction was, quote, Bitch, don't ever accuse me of some shit like that again. Who are you listening to get... Who are you listening to? Get your ass back here. I'm fucking you up. He then beat her in the car when she got back. Despite this, she tried to make the relationship work. He would punish these women by not feeding them, beating them, or isolating them in rooms for several days. He makes the women make false statements about themselves as insurance. Kitty was introduced to all the other girls where they all had to perform sexual acts on one another. Kitty's final straw was after almost three days of not eating, and when she got to the airport, when she got to the airport, she was terrified. We are then given the statistic that it takes seven to ten times for someone to leave their abuser. Kitty tried to call him, and she told herself, "If he picks up the phone, I'm going back." And fortunately for her, he didn't. We are then introduced to Israel Az Clary's parents. And she met R. Kelly at age 17. Her whole family went to an R. Kelly concert. 
because her dad liked him when he pulled her on stage. She had to exit out the back of the stage. She sang for him and gave her his number. One day, when she was supposed to be home, her parents called to ask where she was, and she was at a hotel waiting to meet R. Kelly. Of course, this pissed her parents off, so they both left work early and drove to the hotel. She was alone in a room with him. They took her back home, and they called R. Kelly, and of course, he made excuses, so the parents allowed her to go as long as she was never by herself. Azriel, Yeah, that's her name. I'm pretty sure that's her name. Azriel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so her sister dropped off somewhere. She was dropped off somewhere, and she was basically forced out by R. Kelly's security because she wanted to go get herself something to eat, and Adriel was like, you can't leave, or he's gonna get in trouble, or you're gonna get in trouble, and she decided to leave, so they told her, like, if you're not gonna follow the rules, we're just gonna, we're gonna kill your sister. They said, like, if you say anything, your family's gonna be dead. At the end of episode 5, Michelle says something super iconic, and it should have been in the intro of the show. There are three drugs out there. Crack, heroin, and R. Kelly. And, you know, that's iconic. You go, Michelle. Episode 6 is titled Black Girls Matter. It already starts out super jumpy, and we are back with Adriel. And things are getting heated. R. Kelly is trying to separate her from her family. And on December 9, 2015, R. Kelly went on Facebook Live to, quote, clear the air. And he talks about how everyone needs to support each other. He did an interview with the Huffington Post. And rather than answering the questions, he is just talking over the poor lady. And he was like, I don't care. I love, I love my fans blah 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 and he's like and I love you too and she responds (laughs) she's a bad bitch she responds with um I don't need I don't need you to give me any of your love sir (laughs) I don't need you to give me any of your love sir just answer the question (laughs) and he's like talking over her and she's like I don't need your love (laughs) oh my god she's a bad bitch so December 30th Israel turned 18 and she turned off her phone basically as soon as she turned 18 So she felt like she could do anything she wanted. Her sister Isis, and yes, her name is Isis. It's spelled A apostrophe and then how you spell Isis. And oh my God, I just smacked this laptop again. My bad. She claimed that when looking through the hotel rooms back when the incident occurred with R. Kelly, she said she saw buckets in every corner of every room and it looked like they were being used as bathrooms. The parents were furious and were put in contact with with the savages parents of jocelyn savage savage it is now 2017 and jocelyn hasn't talked to her parents in a year so the parents decided to do a wellness check and it is recorded and the time of the wellness check jocelyn was not there the police department stated that both girls were okay but an ex-employee states that r kelly had friends in the police department so of course it was probably just pushed off to the side or he paid them off or they just swept it under the rug because R. Kelly is a POS. We then meet Asante McGee. 
who was a super fan of R. Kelly, and she met him at age 35. She loved him and was willing to do anything for him. Two years within the relationship, she was basically forced to live at his house. It wasn't until she moved into the house when she started having to ask him for permission to do everyday things. In February of 2018, R. Kelly was evicted from his homes in Atlanta for over $30,000 paid $30,000 in unpaid rent. In May of 2018, Asante returned to the house where she was made to live in by R. Kelly. We are shown the black room, and she says the entire room was blacked out. Blacked furniture, black curtains, and even the bed. She says this room was a place where the most degrading things happened to her. And you can see how distraught she is, and it's heartbreaking she said she packed her bags and left when she couldn't take it any longer. Summer of, 2008, of 2017, hashtag Mute R. Kelly started. They protested to get shows canceled and his music off radio. They protested at a concert he had in Atlanta. And from there, more and more people began standing up and protesting in different states. In 2017, stories about R. Kelly keeping girls in this sex cult began to blow up. Finally, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Faith Rogers met R. Kelly at age 19, and she states she was in a relationship with R. Kelly. He gave her his number, and he would call her regularly. May 2017, she saw him again. She flew to New York to see him, and she fell asleep in her room. And at 6 a.m., he was pounding on, pounding on her door. They slept together because she felt like she couldn't say no. As they were getting frisky, he said very disgusting things to her, and she noticed that he was recording her without her permission or without her even knowing that he was doing it. And in December, Faith went to another concert in Dallas. They talked about a life and he having a life together, and he told Faith about the rest of the women who lived with him. He talked. He takes Faith downstairs to meet Jocelyn Savage, and Faith was shocked because she stated she seemed brainwashed. She would do whatever R. Kelly said. Faith made the... Ooh! We must be getting in the 20s because your girl cannot speak anymore. <laughs> Ooh, okay, let's try this again. Ooh. Faith made the decision to walk away in February, and she reached out to the savages, and she told she wanted to tell them about her encounter with Jocelyn. The savages told Faith to get tested for STDs because they knew Jocelyn had an incurable STD. Faith's test came back positive, so she began spreading the word, and of course, R. Kelly denies he has any sexually transmitted disease. And here we go. This is probably my best, my favorite part of the documentary. Coachella 2018. My boy Vince Staples made a statement about R. Kelly being a pedo and not going to jail for it. And he stood up and talked, to, talked about it, even though everybody tried to shut him up. And you know what? Hashtag go Vince Staples because you are legendary. During Coachella, can you believe that shit? That's brave AF. Then Chance the Rapper spoke out and said that he regret he. <laughs> oh man, it's late, you guys. Okay, Chance the Rapper spoke out and said that making a song with R. Kelly was a mistake. And although I don't ever really agree with Charlemagne the God because he's kind of a dick, 
he has been calling R. Kelly trash for years. And honestly, that is something that I can stand behind. So, you know what? Good for you, Charlemagne. So because of this movement, streaming platforms began taking him off playlists. A concert in Chicago, you know, his hometown, was canceled. And that right there is a victory all on its own. Adriel's parents were able to look into her iCloud account and read text messages between her and R. Kelly. And it turns out that the first time they met, they had actually had sex when she was 17. May 12, 2018, Ezreal's parents set out to find her in Chicago, and at this point, it would have been three years since they have seen their daughter. She would be 20 at this time. As of November 2018, they still have not seen her. And, oh man, that makes me so sad because they looked like a pretty good pair of parents. We then see Wendy Williams again, trash, and she said she had a two-hour phone conversation with R. Kelly, in which he uh, kind of tells her everything and exposes himself. But, like, why why Wendy? I don't know. R. Kelly then released a 19-minute song called I Admit that addresses his sexual abuse allegation. And honestly, it's a joke because he's basically just doing like that guy from that one commercial when he's dangling a dollar in front of the lady's face and he's saying, oh, you gotta be quicker than that. You know, that guy co-commercial or whatever it was. Yeah. He's literally trash, and it's just a whole 19 minutes of him gaslighting because he's garbage. And, well, that's it. It ends with notes about the survivors and where they are now and all the badass things that they have accomplished. And the last two that still have not seen their parents, unfortunately, makes me super sad. And R. Kelly's a bitch, and he really needs to get, I don't know, maybe, what's that one form of... I know this is kind of brutal, but remember that one medieval torture thing where they would, like, crush you with a rock? (laughs) He's trash. I can't believe it. And those jurors are trash and those judges and the police and everybody who keeps fucking covering for this bitch is trash because he makes me angry. And I don't know if I'm going to get sued for this shit, but fuck R. Kelly. (laughs) Fuck that guy. So, remember, we are on all the social medias, Twitter. Instagram, you guessed it, Patreon, at Passions or Peace Podcast. Go hit me up and we'll do a dance or something. I don't know. You can send me a Gmail or a request at passionsorpeace at gmail.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Eva's Bell Bonds. Don't forget, if you're in Idaho and you need bailed out, call Eva. She's an angel. And most importantly, thank you for coming back and listening. Remember to stay peaceful, stay passionate, take care of yourself, don't listen to any R. Kelly, take them off your playlist, make sure that you're staying in your house, watch your kids, drink some water, take some time to enjoy the things that you love, pick up a hobby, and here's a little palate cleanser, what does the moon say to the sun? Bye, sun. (laughs) Oh, man. I hate myself. I love you guys. And we will see you on Monday. Bye. (laughs) Bye, son. (laughs) 